Welcome to the Electricians Co-op. I'm your host, Rob Bruss. And I'm Jamie Small. Today on the show, we've got Greg Gillies from greggillies.com. Now, as you know, the Electricians Co-op is all about providing you with the education, the tips, the tricks, and the hacks to help you to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be faster than you ever thought possible. And today on the show, we've got something really special for you. Greg is here to show you how you can increase your revenue, find a better work-life balance, and in the process, he'll share with you what you can do easily and quickly to close the gap, which will help you to get exactly what you want out of life. Greg is dedicated to helping people to transform their business and to help his clients become the best version of themselves in every area of his life including relationships, mental health, physical health, and happiness. Let's get started. Well, good day, Jamie. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good, Rob. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Good day, Greg. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. How's things, Rob? Yeah, really good. Thank you so much for coming down and uh, doing a podcast with us here. Where I'm really excited to be uh, to be bringing you to the Electricians Co-op and, and sharing your message and your story with the audience. Greg, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about your business? So I am a life and business coach for married businessmen, um, but I help them look at their life holistically. So I don't just focus on their business and how to make them make revenue. I get them to focus on every area of their life from their mental, physical, spiritual health to their marriage and their love relationships to parenting, family, friends, interests, hobbies, then business, finances, lifestyle, and personal development. So it's very much taking most businessmen are very one-dimensional and that's how we've been trained and brought up to just focus on the business create the success and all the love and happiness will follow well i tried that and it didn't work and for a lot of people it doesn't and then they end up just being slaves to their business overworking their wife gets pissed off they don't have the quality time with their kids and so on and so forth um through my own journey um i had to become a multi-dimensional businessman because i wanted to have it all but I was only really good in one area. So now I bring everything that I've done on myself to other married businessmen so that they can have, I guess, a more balanced work-life balance and cohesive, aligned kind of life, which everybody's kind of looking for, but they don't really know how to pull it all together. You know what I mean? Say you've learned the hard way on how to build a business from the grassroots up rather than from the business forward. Oh, dude, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so I'm like a lot of... Uh, married businessmen that I meet and work with, um, we don't have a lack of motivation and determination. That's probably our superpower. And if there's a brick wall, we'll bust through it. And when it comes to growing up, young lad, played top rugby age grade for New Zealand, everything that I did that I turned my hand to, I was 100 miles an hour. I was just like sheer determination, willpower, grunt. And I took that into the business world. And it served me really well when I was young because ambition, push, grow, the whole nine yards. But as you know, as a married businessman, when all those other dynamics come in and you've got kids and you've got family and then you've got staff and you've got all that sort of stuff, the pressures, the stress and everything starts to mount up. We usually leave ourselves last and it, yeah. And for a lot of people, they're just under the weight of too much stress nowadays. Um, and they're bombarded with information. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And it just gets too much. And so many, so many businessmen are overwhelmed and they just, just keep pushing through because that's the only way they know. Just push, push harder, work harder. Well, yeah. I wanted to bring you on here today, Greg, and, and thank you so much for sharing that there on the front end because we're starting off with like a bang where it's a racing start here and that's what we're doing. And I, I, yeah. I really like that because it helps the listeners to understand what they're going to get today. And part of the reason that I wanted to bring you down here was because it's, it's, all, about, it's all about finding alignment with yourself, finding out more about who it is that you are and what it is that you're trying to do in the world and how to position yourself. And I know in today's podcast, the people that are listening to this are going to hear themselves in the stories that you tell. And they're going to hear themselves in the stories that Jamie and I share as well. So I really appreciate you coming down here and, and spending your time with us on the podcast today. Before we get into any of that, I just wanted to check in with you. I want to do the bro check and make sure everything's okay. How's COVID impacted your business? Is everything all right? Uh, COVID grew my business by 36%. Yeah, so, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> due, to, due to what, Greg? 
due to me mainly focusing on helping men with their mental, physical, spiritual health and their business and all that sort of stuff, COVID, uh, COVID give a lot of men the opportunity to kind of reflect on their whole life. A lot of people were forced to spend some time at home. It was challenging. Um, and a lot of guys have were forced to slow down to a point where they are just like, I can't keep doing it this way. Mm. Maybe I am ready to get help for me and not just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. So I got two clients, I got two predominant clients that come out of COVID, the ones whose businesses were impacted negatively and it really rattled them mentally and they needed to get some life coaching and some, and some personal support. And then I've got business, um, uh, then I've got clients whose business, I've got a lot of uh, clients because I've got a digital media agency as well. So I've got a lot of clients in the trades and a lot of my trade-based clients or home improvement clients, their businesses actually exploded because people started spending money on their house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they got then they got the, the stress at the other end of how do I keep up? How do I get my staff? How do I manage COVID? How do I put all this compliance in place? Keep the vans on the road and da, 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 da. So they're either business is crashing or business is rising. Either way, it's stretching me. Yeah. yeah. I find, they, um, got, yeah. sorry for trades, it's really difficult to actually put your hand up and acknowledge you need help. So 100%. did a lot of guys reach out to you via text, phone call? How do they do it? So I, I, I pump a lot of raw, real telling my story videos on LinkedIn. I need to do a little bit more on the others because I know not all trades guys are on LinkedIn, but they just resonate with my message and they listen to it for six months and then they just reach out and they just go, man, I've been meaning to talk to you for ages. Mate, I'm really hearing that right point. now, honestly. I'm t- <laughs> this podcast was for Jamie today, by the way, not for the audience. It's not all for Jamie. Just I'm getting a free you, coaching Greg. session. <laughs> Greg, I'll, so I'll, every, everything I'll, I share is a mirror, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. By far, I am not perfect. I have sorted a lot of my shit out, but I've still got, mate, we're on a journey, right? There's no destination. So every time I share messages and content and stuff, I'm talking to myself. And if it resonates with somebody else, they reach out and just go, you sound like a real dude. I'm a country guy. I used to love my beers, rugby, all that sort of stuff. And they just go, you feel like somebody I can trust to actually tell how I'm feeling because you're not a counselor or a shrink or a female or you know what I mean? Like guys <laughs> need to feel that I can trust this guy because he's been through what I'm now yeah. going through and that's the big difference. Well, that's the idea of this podcast, Greg. I'm on this journey with the electricians out there listening. You know, I don't claim I'm the best electrician or run the best business. However, I'll ask the questions that help all of us together that relate to electricians. So what you've described is a lot of my mates and me exactly about putting your hand up and asking for help and I certainly need help myself. I had zero intention of being a life coach. I was just trying to manage my own shit, but <laughs> I actually went through a breakdown and and I had to surrender. I had to just admit that I had a drinking problem, that I was dealing with all these demons and I had to take the mask and facade off that Greg Gillies had his shit sorted and he was this alpha, awesome, successful dude. Because from the outside looking in, yeah, I was successful, man. I had cash, I had house, I had cars, blah, 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 blah. But on the inside, I was fucking miserable. I was quite broken, to be honest. And behind closed doors, I was using alcohol to numb all my shit. And I was just drinking and drinking. So if I was happy, drink. Sad, drink. Go anywhere, is there alcohol involved? No, nah, not interested. And it just controlled me. And it was just all hiding what I truly felt on the inside. And then the disconnect between what I was showing the outside world and how I was feeling on the inside got so much that I had a breakdown. Yeah, it's a a hell of a story. And I want to get into that in in the next segment, but I just want to kind of just back up just a tiny bit there and just ask you about um, the the growth trajectory that you had in your business, because I think there's a lesson to be learned in that as well. And I want to make sure that we cover off on that before I move off that point and, and get into your uh, in, into your juicy story because it's kind of fun to talk about as well. Uh, now that you're on the other side of it, it wasn't fun when you were doing it, that's for sure. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. that, that makes it easy. But, you, you know, one of the things that I've kind of seen in the last couple of months in all the podcasting that I've done, and I've, I've gosh, I must have recorded 50 podcasts in the last two months. It's like ridiculous how much I've done. The, the common theme amongst businesses that are doing really well and that have profited out of COVID was that they generally didn't have a plan for explosive growth. A lot of businesses plan for a rainy day. They do a, a good job at 
you know, stashing away a bit of cash. They've got some other forms of revenue, some other things that they can be doing in order to pick up the slack where things have kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit. But did you did you have a plan for the explosive growth or did you go, oh my God, I can't handle all these customers? Was that stressful for you or was that something that you were able to scale up pretty quickly? Yeah, I took on too much. <laughs> and, that, and that was kind of the, that was kind of the empath coming out of me just going these guys need my help I'm not going to say I can't help you because I'm full so my own challenges through 2020 was I took on too much and I wasn't walking my talk yeah and I had to wind it back but because I've got so much self-awareness I can catch that and wind it back so much faster whereas the old Greg would have gone down the rabbit hole and he would have just soldiered on and pushed through and 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 used and i would have been controlled by fear that if i don't do this then i'm going to lose it and my business might fall over and all that so i don't have any of that shit like fear doesn't even anxiety fear all that all those emotions they're not in my world anymore yeah that's um, beautiful that's a good that thing is an incredible place to be and it's taken me some serious serious hard work to get there <laughs> yeah um, so I still make mistakes. I still, my ego still runs the show and just goes money, money, money. And I go for it, but I catch myself real fast. Yeah. You're, I can see how that works. And as I'm hearing that is you're kind of describing the problem that I have and that's optimism bias where <laughs> yeah. you have all of these people coming to you. Hey, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And it's like, yes, 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 yes. And I know when to say no, because I know when I can't help somebody, but when people are coming at you thick and fast and I'm going ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching every time they're coming at me like that, that's kind of a, an exciting thing and I really enjoy that aspect of it. But I, I have a real hard time and have a bit of a problem overestimating how much I can actually get done in a single day. And then when I miss my targets or I don't get it signed off my to-do list or I'm not progressing or moving where I want to be, it suddenly becomes a really stressful thing. So all of the good stuff that's happening to me because of my optimism bias starts to become a really negative thing as well. And I just wanted to kind of point that out when you have explosive growth in a business, be careful of that optimism bias because it can bite you in the bum. 100% mate. And we spoke about this like a year ago when we did a podcast is when you're actually doing something that you love doing and you feel aligned to mm. and you take it on, it energizes you, but it's kind of like burning the candle, right? It might be two or three weeks before you're just like, oh man, now I'm stuffed that you have to pull back. And one of the biggest things that I've learned through going through my own self self-discovery and self-healing as I needed to break the patterns and behavior of the all or nothing, mm. the yo-yo. So I was either like hundred miles an hour kicking ass, <laughs> or I had to just literally shut down and just go, I need two days out. This is too much. And just create that even keel, right? But it's not as easy as just go, right, I'm going to decide not to be an all or nothing person. This is deep, deep, deep programming. This is stuff that we're constantly fighting ourselves over and it's push, pull, push, pull, push, pull. Yeah. And most of the guys that come to me, they're all or nothing. They're just like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it hardcore. I'm going to do the best that I can because we've competitive nature guys. That's the way we brought up, play sport, all that sort of stuff. It's just like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it properly. Yeah. Greg, what would you say to the phrase, bot off more than you can chew than chew like crazy? Because I know a lot of sparkies <laughs> out there have that mentality. What would you say to that? From your experience, obviously, going through what you went through. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of like all the old shit that we learned when we were kids. Money doesn't grow on trees. All, all of these statements that have created our belief systems that literally govern us at an unconscious level. Like you can unconsciously drive your car and just go, I wouldn't have a clue what I did to get here, but I'm here. <laughs> it's those statements and everything that's underneath it that drives our behavior and we do we bite off more than we can chew and then it's the yo-yo effect and it's just like the all or nothing and we just burn ourselves out and then we're just like weekends coming all i want to do is smash a box of beers so i can calm down and relax <laughs> right and then come monday oh, i feel like shit. right ramp it back up bite some more off and then we're just really putting ourselves under too much stress and pressure on all levels mentally physically spiritually and we just burn ourselves out yeah. And our wives see it. Yeah. And if they mention it, we snap at them. No, I'm doing this for us. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then you get in this conflict and it's just like, fuck, can I ever win? Am I allowed to swear on this? It's tradies, right? Of course you are. Yeah. Jamie and I had that exact conversation, what you're just talking about. That just, just like 15 minutes before this podcast over a brew. All right, let's hold on. We'll be right back.
Well, that's good stuff and a, and a fun way and a, a great way to start the podcast. And my other show for the, the regular listeners of this is called Go All In. But you got to be careful when you go all in on stuff. It can be really nasty and bite you on the bum and cause a whole lot of grief in your life. Before we kind of get into what you do and, and how you help people, Greg, I want to just, if you could, mate, can you please share your story with the audience? Like you, you mentioned that you grew up playing footy, drinking beers, life was really good. You know, I think there's something to be learned in hearing your story and, and where it all happened and where it all started for you, because I know the listeners will be seeing themselves in you, because I know I'm seeing myself in the first half of this podcast already. Yeah. 100%. So, New Zealand-born country kid, grew up in a town of 800 people in a country, New Zealand. 43 years later, it's still got 800 people. It's one of those towns, right? <laughs> everybody knows everybody. Like, you get in trouble and your old man's mates will kick you out the bum. It was, it was really good when I was young. Good morals, good culture, good family community. Eight years old, my parents, like we all do, wanted to get ahead and wanted to get more money. So we didn't have much money, but we had time, right? Dad worked in the forestry, mum was at home. So they brought into a seven-day dairy, like a 7-Eleven in, in this country town, and the house was attached to the back of it. And then all of a sudden, mum and dad were working seven days a week that mm. stretched. It started affecting their marriage, their relationship. Dad started to just piss off out of the house to get away from it. And he was at the pub with his mates all the time and he was just drinking more and more and more. And then he'd come home and he was angry because he was either drunk or hungover, right? So from the years of eight to 14, living in that environment where our parents did what they thought they should do to give us a better life, it's kind of what we're still doing now us men, we work so hard to create the financial materialistic reward to support our family, but all they want is our time. And then we feel guilty that we're not giving them the time. So by the age of 14, me and the old man, we were butting heads like his alcohol and his anger and all that sort of stuff. And I was a pretty staunch, um, strong headed young lad. We were very similar. Um, we were fighting and I was getting bigger and it was getting, it was getting intense. And mum just said, I think Greg should go off to boarding school. He's good at rugby blah 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 blah. so i went off to boarding school at 14 i'm the middle of three boys my other brothers didn't go they stayed at home so there was two things right one off to boarding school so i could further my rugby career two off to boarding school because me and my old man were fighting so what i didn't realize at the time was going off to boarding school i created these belief systems in my head that i was getting kicked out of the family that i was unloved that i was unwanted and that i wasn't good enough and that i was the problem not dad and i was getting kicked out of the family and all that did was light that massive fire under me so all of my motivation determination i was just like i'm going to prove you guys wrong i am worthy and i'm going to work my absolute ringer out to prove it so three years three years at boarding school on my senior years I made first 15, first year. I made New Zealand schoolboy rugby team. I was captain in the first 15. I was school prefect. I was head of the hostel. I was all of those sort of things, right? So I was very driven and determined. And then I transformed all of that into corporate. And then I worked hard and I climbed the corporate ladder. And I did really, really well for myself. Um, fast forward to 39 years old. I relocated the family back from a contract in Singapore. So I was sent over to Singapore by a US corporation to set up a digital media um, over there. So I was in very high leadership corporate positions, but I hated corporate. I wanted to run my own race. I was an entrepreneur. I wanted my own business. So I come back from Singapore. I had heaps of money in the bank. I was set up and I was just like, now's the time to build the business. But I had three kids, two, four, and six, and the wife at home and no family support and all that sort of stuff. And I started my own business and then all of the pressure came on. I just felt isolated. I didn't have all of the kind of luxuries of corporate and the staff and the big fat salary and all that sort of stuff. And it just started playing on me. And I had the skills and I was building the business and everything was going fine. But my my mind was just like, you're going to fail. You're not good enough. It's about to fall over. Where's your money coming from? And I was just started flipping out. Mm. And then my behavior would be turn to the alcohol. So now I was drinking way heavier at home around my family, being an asshole of a husband, being being exactly what I didn't like in my father to my children. So I'd become that guy. Mm. And then I was hating myself for that, but I was so stuck, I didn't know what to do. And anxiety, panic attacks, everything just started spiraling. 
And I was just like, I can't admit to people that I'm feeling this way because I've done so well. They'll look at me as I'm now a failure because I went into business and I feel weak. And then these stories just start to fucking go in your head. And I started losing my shit. And then I just drink heavier and heavier and heavier. And then one night, I joed out another alcohol-induced blackout. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was having a major panic attack and I was feeling a bit suicidal and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm losing my shit. I felt like my family would be better off without me, blah, 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 blah. At what point did your wife step in and say, you've got a problem, Greg? She'd been saying it for 10 years. Yeah, right. I wouldn't wouldn't listen. Was that an argument every time she brought that up? Well, I would always, I couldn't, if I was having a few beers, I couldn't stop. I'd always get drunk, right? Like the first two was just like, yeah, that would just G me up. And then I was just like, <laughs> and then I was just like, on it. This is why a lot of, this is why a lot of my clients, well, mainly because of my digital business, but this is why a lot of my clients are blue collar kind of trade business guys because the similar story, right? They, yep. they grew up, the old man was a hard worker. Mum was at home, beers, rugby culture, go into business, work hard go to the gym be strong and just be just be a man's man right but underneath we've all got this blooming voices just uh, 90 to the dozen and we use something everybody's addicted to something to try and get rid of this to stop the noise that we don't like well mine was alcohol and i know a lot of people's are alcohol because it's so easy accessible so anyway um the next morning i literally woke up and i surrendered i said tracy I can't do this anymore. I need help. I know I've got a problem. Um, and I was at breaking point. Um, so I started AA. I did AA for three months to knock off the alcohol because I thought the alcohol was the problem. And I thought if I just remove the alcohol, everything would be sweet because the alcohol was the yo-yo effect. Like I'd just abuse myself with it. And then I'd go to the gym and fight my way back out and say, I won't do that again. I won't do that again. And then I'd do it again. So I knocked off the alcohol for three months. Then I started doing kinesiology, energy healing. And then I went into a, when I realized the alcohol wasn't the problem, it was all of the stuff that I was using the alcohol to suppress and avoid all of my feelings and emotions and all that sort of stuff. Um, Then I actually went into a 12 month life coaching program that deals with um, past programming, like inner childhood belief systems, influences, all that sort of stuff. And I started to really find out all about me. And I started to heal and let go of all of the stuff that I was holding onto inside. And for most guys, we have never been taught or we don't know how to process emotions. And when you hold onto emotions for so long and then the stories make the emotions even stronger, those emotions get stuck in your body and that's what causes the anxiety and the chemical imbalance. And it makes us feel physically and mentally sick. And that's where I was at. So I had to go on a deep healing journey. And I come out the other side of this healing journey um, and self-discovery journey. And I just had an epiphany and I was just like, holy shit. When I was stuck and I was at my breaking point, I thought there was something wrong with me and it was just me and everybody else had their life sorted. But now that I've come out the other side of it and I feel healed and I've, and I've dealt with my demons and my shit, holy hell most guys feel this way we're just really good at hiding it mm, we just yeah. we just carry these masks and these facades and most of the guys are kind of alpha male right it's just like you're not going to break me you can't see through me and i'm not going to tell you how i really feel because that's a sign of weakness and i went i have to do this work and it was just this massive wake up call for me and i'm just like i have to do this for other men that feel the same that don't feel like there is a channel for them to get this support because the people that are offering this type of stuff they don't relate to them like most of them are women and all that sort of stuff and i'm like i need to be the rugby beer drinking blokes bloke who yeah. just keeps it real but helps men deal with the stuff so that they can truly be the best version of themselves i'm not talking about books and tapes and hype and all that sort of stuff i'm talking about inner work i'm talking about inner healing i'm talking about letting go of the emotions all that sort of stuff honestly hearing that you've been there done that has motivated me to obviously reach out to you on the back of this podcast but i think for blue collar i think a lot of guys look at coaches and they want to know that they've been there done that rather than learn something from uni the first question i ask if i'm getting coached by someone is what have you done you know, do I want to be like you or don't I? And mm. I'm hearing what you've done and what you're doing and I'm inspired by it, mate. It's it's amazing. So 
before before the breakdown and the life coaching healing journey, I was the business consultant with a background in digital media. So I'd worked with over a thousand small to medium businesses to grow their companies through automation, digital marketing, and then consulting, right? Because I love business and I love, and I was in big leadership positions in corporate. So I'd help them grow their business, but now I don't offer business coaching unless they, unless I know, or unless they work on themselves first, because I know to the core of my being, and I've seen it with hundreds and thousands of men, Mm. that most of their business problems are a direct reflection of their personal problems. And when they sort themselves out, and when these men treat themselves as the business and get the right help for them, their marriage flourishes, they become a better dad, they're more present, they can relax, they can actually calm down and switch between business mode and family mode. Whereas most guys are under so much stress, pressure and demand, they bring their business mode home and they need a beer or something to be able to just break themselves to a point where they can relax with their kids and their wife. So most guys just, they just can't relax. They're just always on. Their minds are always on. They're always in their head, always thinking. Yeah, so, it's, a, yeah. It's, such a, it's a such a common thing. I wanted to ask you, Greg, about a, a case study But before I ask you about a case study and a success story that you've got, I wanted to, uh, in the spirit of this podcast, I wanted to share a little bit of me and and share a story because it helps the audience to get to know the hosts a little bit as well. And uh, you're not alone. And just to let you know that what I'm about to say is actually pretty common. This might not have happened to you, but some version of this might have happened to you. And hopefully you, uh, hopefully this never happens to you actually. So uh, it was it was way back, way back in the day when I was a young fellow and I was still in the army. Uh, and it was right at the very end of my army career. And I was at the, um, my last posting was at the parachute school. And I was lucky enough to, uh, to go skydiving like a couple of times a day there. Um, throughout the jump series. Jump series will last about three or four weeks at a time, um, depending on weather and that sort of things. And sometimes you go skydiving up to eight times a day. There's a lot of jumping. And what you're doing is you're helping the instructors how to be uh, skydiving instructors and you're being the students. And there's a whole bunch of things that you do. Anyway, once I got qualified and I was pretty cool and I thought I was you know, an airborne god with 15 jumps under my belt, um, I was uh, getting good at it. And <laughs> over a period of time, uh, you start to sort of relax into the role of what it is that you do. You get used to the adrenaline, you get used to the things that can go wrong. And one particular day, I, I got out of the aircraft with one of my mates, Paul, and we, it was just him and I, we were flying together, and we came in head to head, as you see. So if you think about a skydiving video, you're falling belly towards the earth, face to face, holding onto each other. And we kind of separated and came back in together. And I came in way too fast, and Paul was a bit more experienced than me, and he realized what was happening, and he kind of backslided away from me because I'm coming in at, at him like a meat missile, right? So I collected him, and I was, as I collected him, I fell onto my back. So I'm now falling back to earth, looking up at my mate, Paul, and he's pointing at his handle. So in a military parachute, your handle is about where your right shoulder is and you reach up with your right hand and put your right thumb in it and then you pull the ripcord, so to speak. And that, that's what deploys your parachute. And he was pointing at it. And I, and I looked at my altimeter when I was falling on my back, it was about 6,000 feet. And I realized that my handle had been bumped out and my handle was up underneath my arm and floating over my shoulder. And this, is, this malfunction is called a floating handle. And it's a pretty serious thing because your parachute might deploy without you realizing or you meaning for it to deploy. And if that happens, you can get hurt pretty seriously. Anyway, the drill is that you kind of hard arch turn over. You have one go at it. And if you can't get it, you get off it. So meaning you cut away your main parachute and then you deploy your reserve. But I didn't know any of this at the time. It's only from looking back at it that I can recount the actual steps because all of this happened really fast because it only takes you six seconds to fall a thousand feet, right? So as I'm falling belly to earth, I'd try and contort myself with my left hand, my left arm trying to reach up under my arm to pull the ripcord to pull it out, but it's tangled up under my arm and in my clothes and I couldn't. As I did that, I kind of roll back on my back, hard arch again to get back belly to earth. Look at my altimeter, I'm at 4,000 feet. Holy crap, I better pull this thing. And this time I contorted myself and I was falling head down. I was kind of, I fell backwards and I'm head down and I bang and I pulled it. My parachute came out, got on the ground, flared my parachute, picked up my gear, walked in the shed, and the rigger said to me, where's your handle? And then I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, where's your handle, you idiot? You just deployed your parachute. And I was like, hang on a minute, I just had a malfunction. And then my mate Paul comes running in after me with all his gear in his arms. He's like, oh, man, what are you doing? What the hell? This is what happened. 
So anyway, nothing really bad happened, right? I had a floating handle. I deployed my parachute and I got on the ground. But I didn't realize at the time that that scared the bejesus out of me. It scared me half to death. And, you know, when you're screaming towards the ground at 200 kilometers an hour, head down, ass up, completely out of control, you know, or, or with maybe, I don't know, 50 jumps under my belt or something like that, um, something bad really had happened to me. And I remember driving home that afternoon and there's a woman hosing a garden. It was in the summertime, you know, she's hosing a garden. I remember looking at that in slow motion thinking, man, I'm lucky that was such a, I'm so lucky that that happened today and I'm, I'm okay, you know, like I, I, it dawned upon me that, hey, I'm still alive, you know, like touching myself, like I'm, I'm good. And then probably, I don't know, about six weeks later, I would have this, uh, this rising anxiety in me and I'd just be driving along to work by myself, completely normal, everything's okay. And I would freak out about nothing. I'd just be like, <gasps> and it was like a, the way I describe it, it's like this anxiety, not really a panic attack, but this anxiety was like a sneeze, you know, you're like, uh, <gasps> achoo, like that. And I'd kind of get it out like that and I'd be good. And over time it got worse. It happened more frequently. It got worse and it got worse. And I couldn't identify what it was. I'm like, I don't have PTSD. There's nothing wrong with me. Nothing bad has ever happened to me in the army nothing's wrong with me. I'm, I'm fine. But what had actually happened when I look back at it, this parachute malfunction has, you know, these triggers, these chemicals in your brain, this adrenaline, the adrenaline dump, all of this stuff that's going on. Can't remember any of it. You look back at it, you remember it all. And you know, it affected me for probably about three years. And before I recognized what was actually happening to me, and then I took myself back to that situation, I kind of let it all go. I did that energy clearing thing. And I, and I, I can talk about it. There was a point there where I couldn't even talk about it with almost, without almost like tearing up and being like scared and anxious and crying and like, oh my God, what's, what's happening? What's wrong with me? And because I couldn't identify what had actually happened or when or where, I, I thought I was going crazy, like with this anxiety. And I'm like, but nothing bad has happened to me in the army. How could I have anxiety? And how can I have PTSD and all of these things? But it's actually the chemical reaction from the, the malfunction that I had and all these things that are going on there. So anyway, I, I just wanted to share that story because when I have shared that story in the past, many people have said to me, yeah, stuff like that's happened to me and it's happened to me and it's happened to me and it's happened to me. And there's so many people that have experienced similar sorts of things. And I think it's really important to share that because you're not alone and don't, don't wait two or three years to share it. If it's happening to you, share it straight away and nip it in the bud straight away. 100%. And you just described how PTSD is formed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that can happen in here, the workplace as well, like with because we're dealing with electricity, and there are some dangerous 100%. things that go on day to day, and yeah. and that can certainly happen to an electrician. Yeah. So that is a beautiful segue into how a lot of us men have ended up in this position, right? When when we when we don't deal with our emotions, and we are taught or we believe believe that you just got to harden up and soldier on, and all of these, it doesn't have to be something as scary and death-defying is what you went through, but all of these ongoing daily, weekly stresses, they keep on compounding inside of us. They compound into us neurologically and our brain controls the autonomic nervous system in our body, which is the automatic responses of everything, right? Digestive system, breathing, heartbeat, all that sort of stuff. So when guys are not dealing or enabling emotions to flow freely because they are protecting themselves because of their belief systems and then constantly having these small mini events over the years, we create what's called deep survival stress. And we're constantly living in the state of fight or flight. And that's why we can't relax, we can't calm down, and we're always on. It's kind of like we're always protecting ourselves, right? What that does is it throws the body out, overproduces cortisol, screws with your digestive system, screws with your gut health. And then when your body's in chemical imbalance, it doesn't matter how much positive thinking that you do. Yeah you still got the anxiety and the stress and all that sort of stuff. And that's what I had no idea about. And that's what I had to heal when I went through my healing journey is that you have to heal on all levels because everything's interconnected, mind, body, and soul. It's all interconnected. And when you heal on all of those levels and you're balanced and aligned, it is the true euphoric state of what people call flow. When just everything is just in flow, you don't worry. Everything is just like good shit just comes to you instead of bad shit. It's just, it's hard to describe until you experience it. But the world is in deep survival stress. COVID happens, even the people that it does, that hadn't affected 
because they're caught up in the social yeah. hysteria of it, yeah. they are taking on the universal stress of COVID, even though they don't have any symptoms or anything attached to it, right? But that's just compounding on the years of stress from something else in the past. They might be carrying stress from the GFC. You know what I mean? We just, it's just a compounding effect throughout our whole life that we get to a point that so many people that want to get ahead and want to have it all and got all these responsibilities and business and wife and kids and all that sort of stuff, it just gets too much. And they get so overwhelmed, they're just like, I don't know how long I can continue doing this. I'm so it sounds like everyone would be affected by this because there were a lot yeah, of people that, that think they're okay probably aren't. So what would you suggest to the listeners is the first step? So the, the biggest challenge is at, um, what people call normal. I had a normal upbringing. Well, it's just normal day to day. Well, it's just normal. That's just normal. So we've normalized stress, overwhelm, pressure, anxiety, we've normalized it, right? So when people talk about mental health, a lot of blokes like us, we just go, your mental health's for someone who's weak and they're broken and they actually <laughs> need to see a shrink. But mental health is as simple as self-talk. Yeah. If you are constantly doubting yourself, and you're constantly worrying, is the cash flow going to be there? Am I going to be able to pay the boys? Is, is I'm juggling too many responsibilities. That guy's, that guy's just left me because he's moved overseas and I need to hire another guy. And it's just this constant, constant. It's so hard. It stops when you prioritize and balance your life and get the right help that you need for your specific yeah. situation. Now, here, here is why when people come to me and say, I just want you to help me in my business, and I say no. I go, because I have helped people in their business, and I've caused them more stress and more pain that they've ended up in a divorce. And I'm like, I'm not willing to do that because all I did was use my skills to enable you to go deeper down the rabbit hole that's causing your problems because you're programmed to believe that the more success you create, the more your missus is going to love you and the more time freedom and the more happy you're going to be. And it's a crock of shit. This is, this is generational programming that's been passed down from years and years and years and years that we now live in a world that is not like our granddad. Our granddad went to work, brought home the bacon, sat down, cooked meal, watched TV, <laughs> sweet, yeah. no stress. We can't get to do that. We have to be holistic, multi-dimensional businessmen. We have to be a role model to our children because they're growing up in an age where they have got too much information for their little brains that children's anxiety and stress and all that sort of stuff, that's starting at such a young age. So we if we expect our children to be emotionally intelligent in the future of the information age and we haven't dealt, our, dealt with our emotions, how the hell can we help them? We just say, get off your iPad. Well, that doesn't help. You know what I mean? They need to see us being the example. And that's one example. Now, in marriage with our wives, we are conditioned to be problem solvers because we run a business. And we're constantly solving problems. And our staff and our clients are at us 100 miles an hour. And we don't have time to just fluff around. Well, let's have a coffee about it. It's just like, do this, do that. Next time, do this. Then when we come home and the missus complains to us, our brain's just going, I've got a solution for you. Why don't you just do blah, blah, blah. And then she bites your head off. Oh, my God. And it's just like, like well, you fuck, you're complaining. <laughs> you, you, you're telling me you got this problem. I've got a solution. And then you bite my head off. What am I to do? because we haven't learned how to truly listen. That's what she's my not, wife says. She goes, I just, when I'm, I've got a problem, I just want you to listen. I don't want a solution, just listen. And like you said, Greg, you're in problem solving mode 100%. and you automatically want to try and fix it. And they don't want that. No. Yeah. And, then, and then when you try and fix it and they don't respect you, then you look at your business when you solve a problem and you get rewarded that you just go, well, I just want to spend more time in my business because every time I'm home, it's the same shit over and over and over. And then we go, must be her. She's losing the plot. Jesus, go get some mates, do some stuff. But it's not, it's us. It is us. And when we take 100% responsibility to understand what our wives are trying to tell us. So this is, this is the joke, right? Men are black and white or on and off. Women are the rainbow. You don't know what bloody color you're getting, <laughs> but you need to sit there and shut up and listen for long enough to go, ah, now I know where you come from, but we don't. We just go, I hear a complaint. Here's a solution. You didn't listen to me. Yeah, I did. You told me, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what I meant. Well, why don't you tell me what you meant? What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. I'm going to work. 
I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. It's just like, oh, the phone's ringing. See you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> so the key is listen. That's what I'm hearing from that. The key, the <laughs> listen key is anyway. listen, but that's easier said than done as well. Yeah. yeah. If we if we can't switch between and we don't have, uh, I guess, the ability within ourselves to instantly change state and calm and be relaxed and have ourselves out of this deep survival stress, which is constantly in problem solving, we can't actually listen properly. And then when you've got kids and stuff and you're not doing date nights and you're not getting the quality time, then the communication, the connection, the intimacy, it all starts to die down. And then your missus feels like she, you don't love her. And then she's got these stories going in her head. She's worried about whether you love her or not. And it's just, it's dynamic, mm, but, yeah. but it all comes back to us. Yeah, that's a really uh, hard situation, but uh, let's take a little break and come back and talk some more. Well, Greg, can you share a, a little bit about a, a case study where somebody has come to you, like maybe not with a parachute malfunction, but they've come to you with some some sort of problem, and and you've worked them through your program? And I, I just like to I like the audience to know exactly how you help people and what the results are, and and what they could expect if they engage with you. Yeah, sure. So, well, I've got a lot of video testimonials on my website from guys that have that have done the work with me. But um, when when men come to me it's typically they're stressed because they don't have the balance that they want in their life and everything that they're trying to do. So it's not from a lack of information and it's not from a lack of trying. They just literally got to a point where it's like, I've tried everything that I know to do and it's not working. So maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I actually need to get a different opinion on this, right? But every single guy, I start them with mental, physical and spiritual health and I help them as I was talking about, reprogram their mind, get out of deep survival stress and treat themselves as a number one business. And when you treat yourself as the number one business, then the decisions and the way you show up in your business change, the way you show up in your marriage change and the way you show up to your kids. So everything external to you automatically improves when you focus on doing the internal work. And it's just the law of nature, okay? It's just cause and effect. So I've had a lot of men come to me who were trying to grow their business. So I'll give you, I'll give you a case. Though. I'm not going to name names because sure. a lot of it's very personal. I'm working with two guys at the moment who have come to me who thought that they needed to grow their business to hire more staff so that they can work on their business, not in their business, and they can take more time out to be with their family. And we've done enough work on the man now that he's just like... I now totally understand I need to prepare my business for an exit because I'm not passionate about this business. I want to do something totally different. Mm. So if I just give him business coaching, I would have created him more of a problem. Yeah, because you help him grow his business. Exactly. And cause more of the problems that has brought him to me in the first place. So um, I've helped I've helped men fix their marriage by fixing themselves. So everything just comes back to it's hard it's hard to have a case study, right? Because this isn't like business coaching where it's just like they come to me, I did digital marketing strategy and I increased their turnover by a million dollars. Every single man who comes to me has a unique story, but ultimately when we go down to into the deep, deep deaths depths all of the symptoms and all of the problems usually come from the same cause. Now, humans have three emotional needs, every human. And that is, we either feel unloved, unwanted, and unworthy. And when we feel those things deep down, it controls our behavior because we do things from a fear base and we're constantly in that survival mode, right? So when when I heal a man internally and I help him understand himself and I help him clear away the programming that he picked up from mum and dad and ex-partners and bad bosses and failed businesses and all of the things that have happened in the past and they let go of that, then they start to create a lot more self-worth, a lot more self-respect and a lot more self-love. And when they do that and they can drop out of their analytical mind and they can actually start to live from their heart space and they can be calm and they can be more empathetic and compassionate and they can actually start to show a bit more of their feminine side and not be so over energy masculine in their head, Mm. then everything changes. Everything changes. But we're taught to change the external world to bring us happiness. The only way to get happiness is to change the internal world and then the external world will match it. So... That's not really telling you a case study, but it's telling you the journey that I take every guy on and every guy gets a result 
subject to who they are, what they want and where they're going. I think you're highlighting the fact there that you're responsible for your own happiness. It's not what's going on around you. Would that be right? 100%. Yep. 100%. Uh, so I've created the nine pillars of success, love, and happiness. Yep. And pillar one is mental health. Pillar two is physical health. And pillar three is spiritual health. And if you've ever got a problem in your life and you look at the nine pillars, I can guarantee you, you're not focusing on the first three. Yep. And when you're focusing on the first three, your problems will be easier. Now, we're always going to have problems. Don't get me wrong. This isn't about getting rid of problems because if you've got no problems, you're dead. <laughs> this, is, this is about... This is about how you manage problems and challenges without it throwing you off mentally and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it so, gets quite, it gets quite deep, but it's so necessary. This is the day and age that we live in now, right? It's not woo woo anymore. This is all science-based neurological, physiological and spiritual work. So Rob and I are big believers in having a really good morning routine. Um, what's the suggestion for the listeners out there, you know, to sort of get started on sort of improving your life and your business and, you know, your marriage? I'll give you one hack. Don't, <laughs> tu- don't touch your phone for the first hour. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, love it. Love just, it. Get out and, just get out and about. Don't, don't enable this to trigger stress responses as soon as you wake up and prime you for a shit day. Go and do something and prime yourself for a great day that when you come to this and you get that email, that text, it doesn't fire those stress chemicals inside your body. It's just like, I've been for a walk, been to the gym, took the dog out, did a bit of meditation, whatever. So I am definitely not one of those people that says, you have to do this, you have to get up at this time, you have to do this, you have to do that. I help men prioritize their life and put what is right for them and how much they can do, even if it's only five or 10 minutes in, in a time where it's a fixed time. So you can create habits and disciplines and habit stacking and momentum. So the nine pillar program is a group program that helps men do that. But the one-to-one stuff is deep. It's yep. like, it's like going in and literally reprogramming you so that you can find out who you really are when you're, when you're unstoppable. Um, for me personally, Greg, I put my phone on airplane mode because I'm worried about EMF as I'm sleeping, but yep. I will not turn my phone off airplane mode until I leave the gym. So I'm up at 4.45, airplane mode the whole time. I'll still have my music playing, which I've already downloaded on my phone. And as soon as I leave the gym, turn it off airplane mode, then I'm free to the world. And I find that re- works really well. And like you said, because you don't want to get that text message or email that's late at night, wakes you up and puts you in a bad mood straight away. Yeah. So that's why I do my meditation at bedtime. Yeah, right. Because sleep is the number one most important thing for your physical health. Because when we sleep is when our parasympathetic nervous system activates, and that's when we rest and repair. And if you're having broken sleep and you're going to bed stressed and thinking and you're not activating your parasympathetic, you're waking up in the morning tired, instantly in fight or flight, and it's just that compounding effect that puts people into deep survival stress. So I do my very spiritual meditative work at night, and I do my, uh, I do CrossFit three days a week, and then I walk three days a week. So um, how long you should you morning. be meditating for? I mean, if you only did ten minutes, yeah. it's better than nothing. Seriously, yeah. is your meditation dose dependent? So the more meditation you do, the better effect it has. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. And then you find the meditation that works for you, so that it's not just. So people start meditating to calm down their mind, and then they will start meditating to activate their spiritual intuitive self and really really start to get deep into their own guidance so that ultimately we want to be guided by ourselves because we're inundated with what we should be doing from the outside world and that makes us compare and judge and fear and doubt and all that sort of stuff when we when we meditate and we heal and we get ourselves to a point where we can seriously take the time to slow down and tune in and really listen to that guidance, that inner voice, which is really, really quiet. When you can hear that, you'll be unstoppable. When you're run by this voice, you're screwed. (laughs) When you're run by this voice, so that here's, here's what's happened as the world has evolved. Our brain is supposed to be the servant. It's supposed to be like the computer that helps us get the job done, but it's become the master. But 96% 96% of our brain's program is unconscious from fast from the past and 80% of our thoughts are fear-based. So if your brain is programmed from somebody else's belief systems and it's driven by fear, all of your decisions are not helping you. 
And you're constantly in this fight or flight state. When you can quiet the analytical mind and you can tune into your inner guidance and it takes work, man. Like I still struggle with this stuff and I've been doing it for four years. It's because the ego just goes, nah, man, let's play. Let's party. Let's get out there. And it's kind of just like, shut up. Like you can't see telling yourself, shut up, yeah. chill. Do you find yourself that really difficult to break that barrier when a man comes to you and go, mate, I'm sweet? You know, like guys generally quite think they're quite tough until you sort of break the surface. Yeah, well, most of the guys that come to me are willing to open up. Okay. And when we have a yarn and, and, and I start get hearing some words come out of them and stuff, I just go, mate, I know exactly how you feel because in 2016, when I drunk myself into a blackout and had a breakdown, I just gave him permission to open up because I was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, holy shit, that's exactly me, man. I'm just like, and then they just go, blah, finally, somebody I could tell my stuff who's not going to judge me. Now, if I was a clinical psychiatrist, then this is, this is not me like segregating. And I was just sitting there and it had nothing to do with me. So tell me about that and tell me about that. They're just going to go. I'm not going to tell you shit. I don't even know. I don't even know who you are. I'll tell, I'll tell you what I want you to hear so that I'm always protected. Yeah. Mm. But when I tell them my shit and I'm really open and honest, they're just like, right, sweet. No holds barred. I've got a story for you. And then they tell me their deep and nasties. And I just go, well, I know where that come from. It was blah, 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 blah. And they just go, you're dead right. That's exactly what dad did. And I go, so this is not about your dad. This is about you and what you picked up from your dad. And when we release that programming and you don't carry that anymore, then you don't have to worry about that. And then you'll just feel like the weight of the world comes off your shoulders and you'll move forward. And they're just like, oh, mate sense let's do it yeah it's good stuff it's good stuff great you, you mentioned the the nine pillar program i just want to i just want to share with you something that i i did with my daughter and i want to share it with you and, and jamie and and hopefully the the listeners that have got little kids out there will get something out of this as well my daughter when she was little she must have been in in year four or year three four and five she had a real hard time at school and she got bullied a lot and what we needed to do was was really along the same lines as what you're talking about with those the first three pillars of the nine pillars that you've got. And I didn't give a nine because nine was too many, but I gave a three. And yeah. I, w- what I wanted to do was not so much stop the bullying, but to help her to understand why she was feeling the way that she was as a result of somebody else's behavior. And I think that that's something that we fail to recognize in the modern world that I don't really no one makes me feel anything. I'm just reacting to everybody else that's around me. And how I react is determined by my level of emotional intelligence and the experiences that I've had in my life and what I'm trying to get out of the situation. And what we did is we created a little creed to live by for, for, for little Danielle when she was a little girl. And the first one was, you'll be feeling, well, these are the rules to live by. So never tell a lie. You always got to tell the truth. Always, always help other people. And no matter what, do the right thing. And you know what the right thing is. I don't need to tell you, right? So when something bad was happening to her, I used to say to her, well, were those people doing that were doing that to you, were they doing the right thing? Were they telling a lie or were they helping you? And it was always 10 times out of 10, one of those things was off. Usually it was two of those things that were off that were making her feel the way that she was. And then she was reacting to that. And I just gave her some tools when she was little to react differently to the people that were doing those things. So the people that were giving her a hard time were not doing the right thing. They were lying to the other people around them and they were definitely not helping other people. So sometimes we'd get a three out of three and no wonder you feel like crap when you come home. No wonder you feel like you want to break down and cry when you come home from school and you don't want to go back to that school. But these people, are they bullying you or are they just doing things that are making you feel off? So it was a very fine line between her being bullied and just the way that she was reacting to those things. And in some ways, it was a bit of a double-edged sword because she used to use it for absolutely everything. And she kind of self-analyzed a whole whole bunch of herself and other people around her all the time. But it was a really useful tool for her to help her to identify why she was feeling the way that she was. And it helped her grow as a person and to become more resilient as a person. Because when someone was doing one of those things that were wrong, she knew that they were wrong and there was nothing wrong with her. And it, and it got to a point where she was like, you know what, I, don't, I couldn't care less about what you say. Say whatever you want to say. I don't care. You're, you're lying and you're doing the wrong thing. 
and you're not you're definitely not helping me and you're not helping yourself in the process so just piss off and leave me alone you know and she got really good at doing that she became very resilient as a result of that and i love the nine pillars that you've got you know if there's something wrong with you it's usually in those first three what are they so so emotional and mental yeah mental physical spiritual health yeah can you just talk a little bit more about some of those other pillars as well because i think that's a useful tool for a person who's feeling off kilter about something and things are not progressing so well in their life they're not feeling so good about something and if it's one of those three things or one of the other six things that are involved there then they've got some tools that they can use immediately to help them resolve the situation they're in right yeah 100% so every single pillar is interconnected okay we we can't run our life in isolation and this is most of the clients that come to me are over energy in their business because they believe that the success will bring them the love and happiness, right? And then they just take on so much, they just take on so much pressures and demands that they feel overwhelmed that they're trying to fit in their health and they're trying to get to the gym and they're trying to do all these things and they're trying to be a good husband, all that sort of stuff. If you want your marriage to improve and your mental, physical and spiritual health is your number one priority and you're filling your own love bucket, and you're you're self-reflecting and you're dealing with your own shit and you're taking 100% responsibility for what you were just talking about, which is what are you projecting? Mm. What part do you play in this? And you show up with your love bucket full and you're not trying to get the love from your wife, you're giving it. Oh my God, that'll change a marriage just like that. It's because she'll be like, oh, she'll feel worthy. She'll feel loved. Those three things I was talking about before, everybody feels unloved, unworthy and unwanted. You make your wife feel loved, worthy, and wanted, she will reciprocate, okay? Mm. But we but we trigger each other, and we constantly get in these drama triangles. Now, the same thing with your business. You might have some stuff going wrong in your business and some challenges and some staff, and it's just like, I just can't get my staff to do what I need them to do and the culture and this and that. And then I've got old mate who's my best guy, but he's actually causing shit and culture and blah, 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 and you don't know how to do it. So we avoid, and we just go, well, better the devil you know than the devil you don't, and we avoid (laughs) some conflict that we need to deal with. Now, if your mental, physical, and spiritual health is in an amazing shape and you approach that guy from a totally different level, like your energy is calm, mm. that, that, cause he's, he's just waiting for conflict and he's got his own shit going on in his life. And if you trigger his energy with your heightened energy, he's just going to go off and then he's going to try and protect himself. Right? So you become a better leader. You make better decisions in your business. You know, when to say no, the, I help business owners achieve more by doing less because I help them take all the shoulds and the musts out of their life. Yeah. Mm. We constantly take on obligation. And when you take on obligation, the universe serves you more obligation. And then all of a sudden we're overwhelmed and we just got too much responsibility. And then these business owners just like, I'd love to work on my business, but I'm constantly pulled into my business. And then they're blaming something else for why that's happened. The reason why they're getting pulled into their business is because they fear that their business will crash and burn if they don't do it. So it all comes back to mental, physical, spiritual health, being in alignment, being the best version of yourself, breaking away from old paradigms, old beliefs, dealing with your emotions so that you can show up differently at home. You can show up differently with your staff. You can take on the right opportunities because you're not fearful that you need to take on all opportunities to keep the cash flow. So they're all interconnected. And then I've got pillars around... um, one of the pillars is friends and interests. Now, a lot of businessmen get so busy that they don't have the time that they need with their mates or the time they have with their mates is usually going to the pub and getting drunk and that's not serving them. So they kind of break away from their mates and then they stop doing their hobbies and interests and all that sort of stuff. And then they lose the joy and the happiness and the play and the creativity that they need to transform into their family and into their business. And then we've got the finance and lifestyle everything is interconnected but if you don't work on pillar one two and three the others will be a direct reflection of you so all i am doing is showing men that you have an inner world and you have an outer world and nobody has ever taught you how to deal with your inner world because you have been programmed to think that's a sign of weakness when they deal with it they then realize that it's actually the strength that they needed and their whole life transforms 
Yeah, it's beautifully articulated and uh, it's such an important reminder and we just live in, in different times. Well, Jamie's looking at me over here, Greg, saying, are we wrapping this up? I want this to go for another two hours, but the podcast is not going to go for that long, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go, Jamie. What, what have you got? You got? Looks like you're, you're busting out of your skin to ask all these questions, mate. Honestly, Greg, <laughs> after today, I'm going to reach out to you to ask for help from you. And I want the listeners to be inspired by my journey because, you know, I, I honestly believe by speaking to somebody like you, I'll acknowledge there's a few things that I need to work on. And after today, my uh, hopefully my business will accelerate on the back of speaking to you. So, mate, thanks for your story, mate. I'm absolutely blown away, honestly. Ser- welcome, I'm not joking, buddy. mate. I'm just blown away. I've never, I've never heard anyone speak like that, and I'm yeah, it's amazing, honestly. Well, that's good. That's what this podcast <laughs> is all about, and hopefully the listeners are getting something out of it as well. That's good. That's good stuff, Jamie. Thank you for sharing that, mate. And we're looking forward to to sharing your journey as well. And we'll bring Greg back on to tell you, tell the audience about all your problems and all your shortcomings, mate. And we'll identify them, and then we'll fix them all. That'll be fun too. No, we won't. We'll this keep is it all the personal. start of something big. I, I, I feel it. You feel it, yeah. This was meant to happen. Well, that's what it is, right? That's the alignment that you feel. You feel like something something big is happening, and it's going to happen for you as well. So that's a good place to be. That's a good stepping off point. Greg, I wanted to give you the the opportunity, mate. We, we covered a lot of ground on the podcast today and you talked about a lot of stuff and thank you so much for coming on again and sharing your story and uh, your experiences and man there was just value bomb after value bomb today I really enjoyed that is there something else that you wanted to kind of share with us that you haven't shared yet that you think is really important when guys realize that true strength is actually inside the vulnerability and not inside protecting themselves their whole world their whole internal world will change because we are so fearful of telling people how we feel that it causes a disconnect within ourselves. But if you can find the right people, like if I help Jamie, right? And then he deals with this shit. Every single man he comes in contact with will benefit even if they don't do the work because everyone's looking for leadership. Everybody's looking for guidance to help them become better. And everybody's struggling with something. And we, this is why my program, my overarching brand is called the evolved man. We need to evolve. Men haven't evolved. Men are still carrying hundreds of year old mentality from granddad and stuff. Yeah. Women have evolved like equality and all that sort of stuff. And it's made men just go, well, where do I fit? What's my purpose? Yeah. How am I, what am I meant to do? And we've got even more pressure on us. You need to be a better dad. You need to be a better husband. You need to be this. You need to be that. It's just like, Jesus, granddaddy just needed to bring on the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a hundred years ago. It would have been easier. <laughs> yeah. So this is about helping men evolve because just by evolving, everybody you come in contact with, you don't have to be a coach. They will benefit from it because everybody needs it. And we need more men helping men, right? Well, that's the idea of this podcast, you know. I'll reach out to you and I'll share my story as we progress through the episode. So I want to start working with you on the back of this 100%. Yeah, look forward to chatting, brother. Yeah, man. It'll be good. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Well, Greg, if people want to connect you and reach out to you, what's the best way to do that, mate? So um, I'm most active on LinkedIn. I, I share tons and tons of content. So I like people to watch some of my videos and just go, do I resonate with this guy? Because if you don't resonate with me, there is no point in us talking. Mm -hmm. You need to find someone you resonate with. Um, Or just go to greggillies.com. The nine pillar image is on there to show you the nine pillars that I help men through. Um, There's more information on there and you can book into my calendar if it relates and you can book a time to have a call with me, right? But everything has to be aligned. So I don't work with everybody. I created the nine pillar program because not everybody's ready to do the deep work. And the nine pillar program is 10 men for 10 weeks that go through each of those pillars and just give them the opportunity to look at things different and to open up and to share with other men. So I'm creating a brotherhood, the Evolved Man Brotherhood, so that men can talk about real shit and not just hide behind their beer and their facade and just going, oh, no, everything's fine when it's not. So I'm, I'm creating that environment to give men that opportunity. So 
You can find me online, right? We're in a social media world. Yeah, good stuff. Instagram as well. I'm just looking on your Instagram here, Greg. Uh, Greg Gillies, and your tagline is helping other married businessmen create success through love and happiness. That's beautiful, mate. 100%. That's what it's all about. We love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, just take a little peek at the show notes and the links to Greg's LinkedIn, his website, and all of his details are right there. So make sure if he's connecting with you, you reach out and say g'day. Jamie, if people wanted to connect with you, mate, what's the best way? The Instagrams? Instagram at Pro Image Electrical. Pretty responsive on there. So if you've got any questions, thoughts, or feedback, share it on there and I'll uh, relay that to... Rob? Yeah, Rob. That's your name, Rob. <laughs> on, on the podcast. Yeah, I love it. I love it. In, Instagram. <laughs> you wanker. The wanker on the other side of the microphone there. I'll take it. Whatever. I've had All some right. footy head knocks, mate. So every now and again, I lose my uh, train of thought. I notice he, yeah. he stops for a, like a microsecond and I'm like the front rower just like straight up the guts is what it was. <laughs> it was ticking in my head. <laughs> yeah, if you want to connect with me, uh, LinkedIn's my preferred way or just a good one. And I'm pretty active over on Instagram as well, doing a lot more over in that part of the social media landscape. <laughs> I need to do more on Insta. I haven't really done it properly, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, Greg. Well, thanks again for coming on, mate. We really appreciate it. I wanted to give you the opportunity for the parting comment, the final piece of wisdom. What have you got for us today? Focus on learning how to love yourself. It is one of the hardest comments that most men will face, but focus on learning how to love yourself properly. Beautifully said, mate. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks your time, Greg. We look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. See you, Jamie. Well, See you, Robert. Faith in the light that you share. You like the sun. Who am I to think how it be? If you were mine, I've been walking with my shades on for so long. I can't seem to get them back on. Cause ooh, how I fell in love.